Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to John chapter number 10. John chapter number 10, as in my personal Bible reading this week, is really where this, and well, to be honest with you, most, most of the messages all come from, just my personal time with the Lord. And as the Lord is ministering to my heart, um, then he continues that on and says, now that I've finished it with you, now take it to the church. That's usually where the messages come from, my personal time with God. And this was one of those verses and passages of Scripture this past week that uh, God really began unfolding some things and unpackaging some things uh, in my heart and life. And so if you found John chapter 10, if you're able to stand, let's do that for the reading of the Word of God. John chapter number 10, we're going to begin reading in verse number 7, read down through verse number 18. It says, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep." And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then I'm going to preach on this subject matter. Here's how God laid it out in my heart throughout this week. Intentions toward you. Now, just on the surface, you may say, well, pastor, is that your intentions? No. Just overall intentions toward you from the scriptures here. And I've actually, as I've prayed more over it, I, I believe more and more that just about every message that I preach could probably fall under that heading, that it's either God's intentions for your life or it's the devil's intentions for your life. And I want to share a few things, try to encourage us, but then really in all of it, draw us closer to the Lord and uh, see that God does have our best intention in his heart. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, would you speak to us through this passage of scripture? Lord, would you convey the message to your people as clearly as you've conveyed it to me? And Lord, use me to be able to do that. Lord, we do pray once again for those that are live streaming today. 
and uh, just not able to be here with us. Would you touch them, strengthen them? And Lord, we thank you for all that you'll do now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I love these verses that we've been given in the middle of John chapter 10. We're given great names and positions of the Lord Jesus Christ as we read down through here, which either one of these, I would be able to preach at least one and most of the time multiple messages. But uh, down here in verses seven and nine, Jesus calls himself the door. In verse number seven, he says, I am the door. Verse number nine, he says, I am the door. And then he calls himself the good shepherd. In verses 11 and 14, starting off verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Verse number 14, I am the good shepherd. And I'm thankful for the insight, of course, the door that is mentioned here in Jesus calling himself the door uh, shows us the access by which we can enter in. But then he says, I am the good shepherd, and that's the way by which he shows his love and care and guidance that he provides to us. I read a wonderful statement yesterday that I have read before, but all of us need those refreshers once in a while. And uh, it was a statement specifically about this subject matter that a good shepherd is not one that drives his sheep, nor one that drags his sheep. Now there are times that there are is some prodding that needs to take place in order to be able to follow the leadership of the good shepherd. How many in your life has God ever had to gently prod you along? Once he prods enough, then we realize that it's just better to be able to hear his voice and to follow than it is to be prodded. And a good shepherd, good leadership that takes place. I don't believe a shepherd needs to drive his sheep, but the butcher gets behind the herd and the butcher drives the sheep, but the shepherd speaks. And as a side note, later on here in John chapter number 10, the Bible does say that his sheep in verse number 27, hear his voice and I know them and they follow. I have a hard time believing someone who's not following the Lord Jesus Christ and them saying that they are his sheep. Because the Bible says, if you're his, you know his voice, he speaks, you follow. I follow. I'm not the good shepherd, by the way, okay? Just make no mistake about that throughout the message today. This is Jesus speaking that he is the good shepherd in our lives. But in starting in verse number seven, where we began to read today, it's actually the explanation of the parable that he gave to his disciples in the first five verses of chapter number 10. And he gives this in the first five verses, but then in verse number six, look what he says here, this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things uh, they, uh, what things they were, which he spake unto them. So then verse seven, where we started reading, then said Jesus unto them again, you ever had to turn around and explain something a second time? Now, I, I will say this, so far, 
Now, I've preached the same text of message, but so far in 10 and a half years at Granite State Baptist Church, I have not had to pull out the same outline twice. I'm not saying you all got it the first time. I'm just saying there's been other things that needed to be preached, but yet here Jesus is. He doesn't even get done, barely get done telling them in the first five verses, and the people are sitting there saying, I don't understand. It would simply be getting done this message this morning, and I'll turn back around at the 12 o'clock hour and get up and preach the exact same thing but maybe I'd say it a little bit different and you'd be able to get it then or I would be able to get it. And that's what Jesus is doing here. And it's the parable of the sheep following his voice and not a stranger's voice. Now, throughout these verses, and really it was verse number 10 that just kind of leapt off the page to me throughout this week in my personal devotions, he's made it clear about some intentions that Jesus has for us, but all also some intentions that actually the thief or the robber as God, as the Lord uses that term throughout this passage of scripture. And I believe this, that maybe if we knew better the intentions that those against us have and that God has for us, maybe we'd serve him a little better. Maybe we'd live for him a little more than what we do now. But I believe more often than not, we really don't understand and believe the desire that the devil and his crowd has against you and your life and your family. They've portrayed the wickedness today as far as just something or someone to laugh at. But I firmly believe this, that if the devil can do anything and this world can do anything to destroy your life, that's exactly what they will do. And so I'm not just wanting to reveal the motives and the intentions of the thief and the robber that is mentioned here in John chapter number 10, but I believe we're given the opposite side of it in the motives and the intentions that the good shepherd has towards us. I do believe that the, and and this is not the entire context of the message today, but some of y'all may be looking at me right now saying, Pastor, I don't know if I believe in all that stuff. I was preaching on Wednesday night, William, you were there, and I was preaching, and I think you taught on it this morning, Brother Hebert, in your Sunday school class about the Legion, and uh, so I was preaching on that actually Wednesday night in the Maniac of Gadara, and I can preach on the Maniac because I'm from Maine, so I got firsthand firsthand experience that I was able to preach on it, and I was preaching on that Wednesday night, and we had not had one problem all day long. And then as soon as I get to preaching, with no problem during their singing, 
They did a great job singing, congregational singing. Brother Matthew, Brother Peter, Brother William, they were singing as a trio to be able to lead. They were our praise and worship band on Wednesday night inside the prison. And I said, well, if you want me to lead singing, and you can be my backup if you want to and sing behind me. They didn't want to do that. And so they, uh, no problems with the sound system whatsoever while, I was, while they were singing. During the announcements, during testimony, Brother Nick gave a testimony on Wednesday night. I get up there to start preaching. I'm preaching about this maniac of Gadara and these demons that are being cast out of this man. And I, I, I lie not that while I'm preaching, I start hearing voices come out the speaker behind me. Now, I just keep preaching. Nick, is that the truth? You were sitting there, and uh, I start hearing voices coming out the speaker behind me. And I, so I just keep preaching. I'm wondering, what in the world? Maybe, the, maybe they're getting out of this microphone right here. I said, and they're going into the speakers. Now, yes, I believe all that stuff is real. And I, I, I believe so many times, if, if we just understand how much there is, there is a spiritual warfare that is out there that wants to literally destroy your life. And I am afraid that there's, there's those, they're yielding to it, not even knowing. And I see a couple things I want to give to us, and this is just by way of warning, but also of encouragement this morning. Don't get spooked. A greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Listen, I love Jesus. And I'm thankful for who he is in our lives, but uh, I'm thankful for his direction, his leadership. But first of all, I want you to see this. Let's get to the message. Let's get to the message. This is how God laid it out for me. First of all, in verse number 10, there's the intention of deliverance or destruction. Deliverance or destruction. I believe you can tell which one has your best interest in mind. Verse number 10 says this, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Do you understand when it says he cometh to steal, to kill and to destroy? That is the intent that he has in a person's life. Now, what is he trying to do? Well, I'm guarding my house. I've got, I've got, um, I'm armed, I'm locked, I'm loaded, I'm ready to go. Anybody comes into my house to steal. He's not coming in the front door. You say, what's he coming in to steal? He's coming in to steal your joy. He's coming in to steal your peace, your long suffering, the walking in the spirit. He's trying to destroy your life and steal that from you. You say, why is that? If he can get you discouraged and destroyed, then you'll be of no use for the cause of Christ. None whatsoever. Now listen, that's what the Bible says the thief is coming for, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But... Here's what Jesus came for. He said, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I'm saying God does have your best interest in mind. Now, let me ask you something. If you had a choice today and said, listen, um, I've come to a crossroads in my life. And if I turn left, it's destruction. If I turn right, it's deliverance. Which way are you going to go? 
Every one of us would probably say, I want deliverance. And what Jesus is saying here is, listen, there are those that are opposing you and coming in and they are doing everything they can do to destroy, steal, steal, and kill your joy, your peace, your long suffering, your kindness, your love for God, trying to do away with all of that in your personal life. And guess what? He is accomplishing that in a lot of lives and you don't even realize it. He is so destroying and stealing joy and allowing these these little things to get into your life and take it right away from you. And before you know it, you're discouraged and you'll be out that door before you know it. Well, I'm just sitting at the house now. There's no more joy in serving Jesus. No, it's because we've allowed someone to be able to come in and steal our joy. We've allowed someone to be able to come in instead of staying with the Lord. Life more abundantly. Destruction or deliverance. Can you imagine? Now, now here's what, and I heard this statement, and, and uh, I know nothing's been said that much over the past month or so, but here we are going on uh, three months now that uh, the war has been going over in Israel. And I, and I heard this statement after that started, and uh, think what you will about Israel and, and Gaza and everything that's taking place over there. And uh, when I heard a military leader in Israel say this, say, you cannot live peaceably with someone that's living 500 feet away, and their only intent is to kill you and wipe you off the face of the earth. That's their only intent. Now, listen, there's not hardly one person right here that wouldn't say, man, that's horrible. They need to settle that. They need to get that taken care of. Listen, we'll say that physically around the world with terrorists and those that are coming against our freedom and those that would be coming against our family. But let me ask you this. How many of you have allowed the influence of the world and the flesh and the devil into your life and into your families? And the only intent they have is to be able to destroy your life. And we sit back and say, oh, it's okay. Kind of like the one that picked up a snake walking down the hill. And the snake said, it's okay. Listen, I just need to get down this hill. I've been, I've been hiking all day. I heard it was a long day yesterday. I've been hiking all day, and I just don't have the strength to be able to keep going. And I, I promise I won't bite you. I promise I won't bite you. So they pick the snake up and start walking and get most of the way down there. And just as they get to the bottom to where he's, he's gotten what he needed to do, that snake just turns around, bites him right on the arm. And then the man looks at him and says, but I thought you promised. I thought you said you wouldn't do that. Here, I've, I've allowed you in. Here, I've given you comfort. Here, I've given you strength. Here, I've given you help. And here at the end, you turn around and you do this to me. As the old proverb goes, a snake turned around and looked at him and said, but you knew what I was when you picked me up. And I'm saying in our lives, listen, there, and I'm just trying to reveal intent towards you. There's one, and I'm so thankful for a heavenly father. He said, I'm here to be able to deliver you, to be able to bring life and that more abundantly. And the thief, and we have the word of the Lord Jesus on it, is just coming to steal and kill and destroy. Can you imagine if we stood there at a wedding ceremony? And can you imagine if those were the vows that were given? 
The one gives the vow and says, I, I promise to love, cherish, and honor you for the, all the days of my life. And the other one turns and says, I promise to steal everything, kill you, and destroy you for all the days of my life. We'd say, what kind of union is that? It's the union you allow to have the influence in your life on a daily basis. The thief or the shepherd. But then I want you to see this. Not just the intention of deliverance or destruction, but I want you to see the intention of loving or leaving. Loving or leaving. Here's what the Bible says. He gets down to verse number 12, and he says, but he that is in hireling. You know what a hireling is? Back in the Bible times, you had the shepherd that owned the sheep. But then if something was going on, he wasn't able to be there. He would just hire someone to watch over those sheep. They're not his sheep. Anybody that's ever owned a business before and ever left it, I, I'll just do it this. doesn't even have to be a business. Your cherished and prized tool that you have in your garage and in your workshop. And you let someone else borrow it, they never take care of it as well as what we do. It's never cleaned up like it's supposed to be. It's never, it's never returned oiled and sharpened and everything. It's never taken care of. You know why? It's not theirs. There's a care that the shepherd has for loving. But when he just hires someone and says, why don't you oversee the sheep? Why don't you watch over them? He doesn't care about the sheep. Look what the Bible says here. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth them. Verse 13, the hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. Let me ask you something. Has it been the devil that's there for you in your life at two o'clock in the morning when you need peace and comfort? He doesn't care that you're tossing and turning. He doesn't care about the trials that's taking place in your life. And if you'd understand today, listen, he's just trying to get you to a point and he's turned tailing and running because you don't belong to him. But oh, the opposite of it. You see, it says right here that Jesus giveth his life for the sheep. Aren't you thankful you get over into Hebrews chapter number 13? It says that Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But here he is, and, 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 and I love the example of it. As we look back throughout the scriptures, you know the difference between a, a shepherd and a hireling, I believe you see it in David's life. You see, David was able to stand before King Saul because they were his sheep. And he said, listen, there was a day that came and he said, a lion came out to take my sheep. Got one of them. He said, you know what I did? He said, I went and delivered that sheep out of the mouth of the lion. And then he said this, a bear came out, took one of the sheep. You know what he said? Went after him too. You know why? It wasn't because he wasn't afraid of the bear, but he cared so much about the sheep. 
And I'm saying that's the the Savior that we serve today. The Savior that is in our lives is one that is loving of his sheep, not leaving of the sheep. You know as well as I do, as soon as some things get going tough, some people don't want to work on things. Some people don't want to, to put the effort into it and say, it's just easier to leave than it is to love. Those are words that never came out of my Savior's mouth. Never. I'm not going to ask how many today have ever given their Savior a hard time. No, probably not. We're, we're all just picture perfect, aren't we? I mean, Jesus is, is just so blessed to have all of us in the family, isn't he? Some of us walk around and say, man, God really got a good deal and he got me. No. But I'm telling you, our Savior's as much as we may give him a hard time, as much as we're not in step with what he's trying to do in our lives, boy, I'm so thankful that he's never left me. I may turn a little bit and I may stray a little bit, get a little farther away, but that good shepherd has that hook down on the end of that staff, sometimes to gently prod me back in and sometimes it's a jerk back in. How many of you have been training a dog and you just had to snap that back in, had to teach him a few things? How many have ever felt like God did that for you sometime, just had to snap us back in? Aren't you thankful, though? Afterwards, we realize, you know, it's a whole lot better closer to him than it is further away from him. You see, the intent of between the thief and the good shepherd, the intent between the hireling and the shepherd is the loving or the leaving. If you have a choice, listen, in a relationship... And I'm talking a good relationship and you're choosing between loving or leaving. I believe every one of us would say, I'm going to choose to love, not choose to leave. Now, this isn't about human relationships today, but this is the intent that Christ has towards you that he will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But I will say this, if you go live your life for the world, go live your life fulfilling the lust of the flesh. I'll say, all of that's just going to leave you at the first chance. Going to leave you. It was asked, uh, it wasn't in my prison service this week, but uh, um, in another prison service that I was in, it was asked the question, how many of y'all have ever had them, them great friends that just said, hey, we're with you through thick and thin? Then we were sitting in prison and said, okay, where are they now? Boy, it's amazing how quick they can turn tail and leave. You know why? You don't belong to them. Boy, aren't you glad for a Savior? Loving or leaving? But then I want you to see this. Not just the intent of deliverance or destruction. Not just the intention of loving or leaving. I saw as I read all the way down through here, multiple verses. I see the intention of sacrificing for or scattering from. Sacrificing for or scattering from. Now we know that the hiring, the hireling, he will leave. We just dealt with that. But the end of verse number 12 says this, because of his leaving and allowing the wolf to be able to catch the flock, the Bible says the end of verse number 12, and scattereth the sheep. But yet the Bible says down in verse number 16, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, 
them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth the Father love me, because I laid down my life, that I might take it again. Do you understand that the good shepherd is the one that takes his life into his own hands and goes after the enemy on our behalf? You see, that's what David did for his sheep that were taken by the lion and the bear. Take his life into his own hands because he loves that sheep so much. Do you understand what Jesus did? That Jesus was willing to sacrifice for us and take his life into his own hands and lay that down and to be able to take it back up. Why? Simply because he loves us and he's willing to sacrifice for and not looking to, set, to scatter from. But everything without Christ is resembled as scattering throughout the Bible. There's a few verses that I've looked up and we could, listen, Matthew 23, 37, Jesus is looking over Jerusalem and he said, I would have gathered you as a hen gathereth her chickens, but ye would not. Jesus said in Matthew chapter number nine, he said that he was, it was, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. And then the Bible says, and they were scattered as sheep having no shepherd. Isaiah chapter 53 says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. Do you understand? It's only in Christ that we have someone that has sacrificed for us. And if you're not careful, I'm telling you the things of this world and they are coming into lives and some just won't listen to it. That the devil and the things of this world are looking to destroy lives and to scatter. And just send people all over the place and not in the fold. You say, well, and listen, I, for, for one moment, I don't believe this is talking about losing your salvation. In fact, I believe the other side of it, that he's talking to Jews here, and he said, I've got sheep in another fold talking about the Gentiles, and I'm going to bring them in, and we're going to be in one fold together with one shepherd. But he said, I'm the one that's a good shepherd. And he said, I lay down my life for the sheep. He said, but you get outside of that. He said, they're just looking to scatter you. Listen, I'd stay with the Lord. Now you say, what's the example of it? I'll say this. You start allowing things into your life, you'll be scattered before you know it. You will. The one thing I always want to say, and I, I usually don't because it hurts too much and they won't accept it, is told you so. And at that point, nothing else can be done. The world does not have your best intentions in their hearts. It doesn't. If our young people would get a hold of that, if our families, and you go get your, your counsel and your input, and, and you all get your help from everywhere other than the scriptures, and then wonder why it doesn't work, and wonder why it just falls apart and you're more scattered than what you were at the beginning. I'll tell you why. Because that's what the intent is behind it. Came to kill and to steal and to destroy. 
I'm telling you, we've got a Savior. We've got a good shepherd that came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And he didn't come to scatter. That's not his intent. His intent is to sacrifice and be able to bring together. Now understand this. He said in verse number 18, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. I want to remind us of this subject matter. There is absolutely no way that someone would choose against Christ if they knew what the thief and the robber had in store for them. I don't believe that they would. The destruction, when the enemy comes and the scattering, is all he desires of us. Don't let him have it. If you're in the sheepfold of the Lord, then stay there. Stay close to the shepherd. Stay close with his word. Don't get out there. You say, well, I, 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 know, I, I do better and I know better on my own. I'll take it a step further. It's not just the family of God. I believe you need to be in church. I believe God's given us a congregation, a, a body of Christ right here in Concord, and you can desire to get out on your own. Listen, you will not be a, as spiritual and close to God. I'm amazed at those that will say, boy, I haven't been in church for, for 10 months. But it's amazing how close I am to God. Can I give you a word my dad used? Hogwash. I'm not buying it for a minute. You know why? Because it goes against the Word of God. It goes against it. I believe you need to stay in. I believe we need each other. I believe we need to stay close to each other. We need to stay close to the shepherd. I believe we need that. Getting awfully quiet. Maybe I need to preach again. I can come back and preach again in the afternoon. I believe it's necessary. I believe we ought to. Get separated from the herd a little bit and get out here by yourself and be that lone ranger. And you watch the destruction that comes in a life. You get outside the principles of the Word of God. If you're in, then stay with a good shepherd because he has the best intentions for your life. If you truly understood what the world, the flesh, and the devil truly desire for you, you would run as quickly and as fast away as you can to get to the things of God. We just sang that song and it might have been new to a few of you under his wings. I love Psalm 91 of what the Lord is desiring to do for us and just bring us in and say, get real close. There's shelter right here. There's protection right here. Get as close to the Lord as you can. Don't get outside the fold. Don't get running around there. You say, well, I'm just getting scattered. That's the intention that the world, the flesh, and the devil has for you. Well, I just feel like I'm disconnected. That's the intention that I believe the world, the flesh, and the devil has for you. And if he can destroy you, he'll get you out. He will. He'll do it as quickly as he possibly can. Well, I'm thankful for the good shepherd. Yes, it's a warning today 
of the intentions that the, the world has towards you. But can I say it, it, I hope you take it as encouragement too for the intentions that the good shepherd has for you. Deliverance, loving, not leaving, sacrificing for, and not scattering from. I'm asking the Lord to be able to help us, maybe encourage us, strengthen us, get, get back in, get in the fold where you know you need to be. Now, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, it's a rough place to be out there all by yourself without Jesus. Rough place to be. And boy, it'd be a great day for some humility and some surrendering to say, Lord, I need you. And give your heart and life over to the Lord and trust Him as your personal Savior. Get that settled and know that you're a child of God and be all in. I'm thankful for it. Well, I'll get inside the fold. You say, well, that's just insecurity. No, that's just realizing what's out there. That's just realizing. Boy, they'd build up that sheep fold, get them sheep inside of it. And they, they tell us this, that if he was out in the middle of the wilderness, that they'd take, listen, briars and limbs and everything, build up everything that they could and get all the sheep inside of it. And then this, this object lesson that's given here when Jesus says, I am the door. They say that shepherd, after all the sheep are in, would lay down across the front of that door. That way, if anything was coming in, had to get through the shepherd. If anything was going out, had to get through the shepherd. And he knew exactly. And as long as he was laying there, he knew the sheep were okay. Nothing could get to him. He's our door, by the way. That's what he says here. He's our door. Nothing can get to us. And guess what? As long as Jesus is there, I can't get out either.